Today on Laura Lynn and Friends. The information is, is leaking out. Multiple countries are now showing that the vaccinated are dying at higher rates than the unvaccinated. And it appears, again, it's, it's sort of early days with the data, but it appears that the more doses of vaccine you get, the higher your risk of, of all-cause mortality, of dying from something which may well be a blood vessel induced death. Hello everyone and welcome to the last days. Um, I'm going to spend my last days on vacation uh, showing you how to have a good time. Um, you know, some people said, oh, you shouldn't tell people that, uh, you know, where you are because they won't support you. And, um, you know, what I had to decide is, I think it's more important that you know that you should be doing this. You should be on a vacation in the United States near some great water, or maybe just in Newfoundland where we had a, a great uh, video today. It was a little bit cold and rainy there, so I do still suggest <laughs> getting to uh, the, the great, um, the great sunny seascape somewhere. Why do I suggest that? Because they've tried to shut us down, everybody. They tell us not to have fun. Oh, you know, social distance. Don't have your loved ones over for Christmas. You know, all the crap we've been through, all that they have done to destroy the joy of life. Well, I don't buy it and I'm not accepting it. Sometimes one of the reasons that I uh, make a point of uh, me and my husband, and I'm always the one saying to JT, let's do this, let's do that. You know, and really this came about because we followed the uh, the U.S. truckers. And then we said, well, it's only like, it's only five hours to drive to Gettysburg, was it? And then, well, it's only a couple more hours to go to Chicago. I started learning all, all where all the states were by all the fun that we were having driving around. And well, you know, it's only like, five more hours to get here and uh, add another three and then you'll be here and then pretty soon we're in Florida so that's where we are we're in Florida we're about um I would say about 35 40 minutes from Mar-a-Lago and uh where it all happened we were going to even race over there to see what was going on when they so unethically uh violated uh, a past president's privacy and his wife's privacy. So let me just finish this thought. Um, I was told don't share, you know, all, all of your life so much because people won't support you. And if you don't support me because I'm in a beautiful place, that's okay. I definitely need the support. But more than anything, I'd like to share that you need to be doing this. You need to be enjoying your life. Do not let them steal the fun and the glory of sunshine and warm water and going on out on a boat with your loved ones, with family and friends. Do not let them steal all of the things that are so very crucial to having a good time. So we do appreciate very, very much for those of you who still support us in spite of the fact that maybe we're in a very sunny area. Um, you might notice by how often that I'm on that I don't take a break. So sometimes um, I'm about to head back to Alberta and we're going to do a 20 day tour. And I feel like I've already been on a 20 day tour because 
every single day, what my husband and I do is we get up, we start building the show. So in spite of the fact I'm in front of a really beautiful waterscape, I'm working. I'm working very, very hard. And the reason that I'm doing that is because I think we have an epic issue on our hands. And we've got a fantastic guest that is going to uh, show that to us today. Um, I want to show you a portion um, of Dan Bongino, uh, this video. I think it's going to set us up. We're going to be talking about the vaccines, the harms, uh, what has happened with a very, very... Uh, experienced guest, a guest that understands fully what is going down here. But someone that I love and I've often recommended was Dan Bongino. He is an absolutely fantastic individual. He's even more fantastic now that he's just being honest about what happened with him about the uh, the vaccines. Uh, what is Was he former, what was he? Secret Service. Yeah, one of the Clinton bodyguards. And uh, there's just not many finer men than Dan Bongino. And, and here's what he had to confess. So let's have a look at that. You know, I, I got the vaccine. Uh, again, I've, I do not ever try to fake the funk with you all. When I make a mistake, it's for the world to see. We all do it. There's no excuse for stupid. But I got to tell you, it was dumb. I believe in science, not the science, because there is no the science. Science is a process. There's no the science. Why is that, Joe? Because science is always evolving and changing. But the change takes time. And me being a believer in science, having practiced science in my educational experience in neuropsychology and elsewhere, believing in the scientific method, good, robust testing and then retesting and reanalyzing your results, I should have waited. Because the hard reality is, when the vaccine first came out, we didn't have chronological data because it just came out. There was no time that had passed. I should have waited. It's one of the greatest regrets of my life. I freaked out, man. I had cancer. I thought I was dying. I just wanted to see my youngest daughter's wedding. I don't expect uh, any of you to forgive me for being stupid about it. I don't. Or to forget it. But gosh, it was the biggest mistake of my life. All right. Well, you might as well bring Dr. Merle on. Uh, this is... Um Dr. Nass, thank you so much, so very, very much for joining us today. I appreciate it. Um, Dan Bongino is admitting something that an awful lot of people are having to admit now, that they were afraid, and they took this vaccine, and they were coerced into it. And now, uh, what he later shows is a Tucker Carlson clip that he said terrified him because Tucker Carlson was now giving the evidence of what was going on. And so first and foremost, we welcome you to the show and uh, we are wanting to know more about what the science is actually showing us as this whole thing evolves. That's a big Laura. Um, let me say that <clears throat> the initial trials were design, specially designed in, retro, in retrospect, as we look backwards, they were designed to show the highest possible efficacy and to avoid finding um, side effects. So by getting rid of the control group after a period of two to five months by offering vaccine to everybody, um, who was in the control groups, and by making it appear at the beginning of the rollout that 
um, the people who were able to get vaccine early were the lucky ones and there was a shortage. And um, so demand was kind of revved up and there was a threat. You wouldn't be able to get on an airplane. You might lose your job. There, there could be other problems. If you didn't get vaccinated, a whole lot of people got vaccinated knowing very little about the vaccine. And the federal agencies in the United States and elsewhere, as data accumulated about what effects were and how the effectiveness was dropping rapidly every month or two, it was getting lower and lower, um, kept that information from the public for as long as possible. And so um, it wasn't until probably, you know, a year had gone by after the vaccination started that, that really the public started to become aware that this was, you know, that they had been <laughs> given a pig and a poke. They had been told the efficacy was going to be great and the side effects were going to be small. And now they're hearing they might need a booster every four months. And the American public, I'm not sure about the Canadian, is not buying it. They don't want the boost. They, they thought they were given, you know, two shots and I'm done. It's going to be good for life. And now we find not only the shots are, are only good for a few months, but even getting the disease doesn't give you the long lasting immunity we had hoped for. It's better than getting the vaccine, but um, it's certainly not perfect. And the, when the Omicron variant came, um, neither the vaccine nor pre-existing immunity was terribly helpful. The, the good news is the Omicron variants are relatively mild. Very few people are dying. Very few are winding up in the ICU. So they're like le the fewest people in the ICU yet since the start of the pandemic due to COVID. So most people are going to do fine with this illness. Unfortunately, it's still very difficult to get drugs that are effective and safe. Um, and that, that continues to be a problem. But um, the side effects are significant and we continue to learn about them. So I, I can go into more detail about that afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. And, and thank you. And, you know, my heart does go out to these people that, uh, that are basically finding themselves like uh, in, in Canada, for instance, uh, they want us to start taking one every nine months. That was sort of announced by our government. And uh, it's, you know, uh, someone was asking in the feed uh, when I was talking about this, they said, well, how do you get back home to Canada, you know, without getting huge fines? Well, uh, we're, we're going to go across and get fines. Who cares about fines? I mean, um, we're going to fight them in the courts and they're unlawful as far as we're concerned. And so really we have got this uh, season where we need to begin pushing back because of course, it's not just the vaccines now, Dr. Nass, it's the, um, they want to bring in this digital ID. And so they have this arrive can and they want to, you know, make all of you do this arrive can and Canada is the only one doing it. So yes, it's very annoying, but because I have dual citizenship, I'm in a very unique position that I never ever thought was, you know, of any tr true value because my home is in Canada, but uh, I'm now able to get back and forth across the border fairly easily. Um, but going into Canada is like a Gestapo run. And so, right. you know, this is very hard. Uh, but what to, as to what you're saying about there being fewer and fewer deaths from COVID, and yet the propaganda begins. Um, uh, our Canadian government, you know, oh, like that we need to start preparing for 
um, you know, the, the wave that might come in the fall. And in Newfoundland this morning, uh, they'd like to implement masks back into some of their facilities in September. I mean, it's just, you know, it's beyond um, understand how far they've taken this. And it, it really doesn't seem to be about COVID anymore. Exactly. So Canada is extreme in the Western Hemisphere. I, I've made three trips to Europe in the last 14 months, unvaccinated, didn't need a vaccine. I didn't need tests for a while. Now I don't even need tests. Um, you know, Canada has approximately had the same, you know, 90 plus percent uh, disease going through it. So. That, so if you've had COVID, you're part, you're basically partially vaccinated. You have a degree of um, immunity, not full immunity, but chances are you will have a milder case. I haven't heard of, I'm trying to think, I haven't heard of anybody yet who's had a worse case the second time. Um, and some people have had it the third time too. But um, Canada is, like is going above Biden. Yeah. <laughs> Keeps getting COVID, keeps getting boosters, yeah. allegedly, yeah. right? Along right. With allegedly. Yeah, like um, we believe them. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's, I mean, what is, when is Canada going to stop? Because as you said, it's not about the vaccine. You don't need this vaccine. Ever did. For most people, COVID is a cold. Um, for for everybody, pretty much, if you took ivermectin, it's going to be a lot milder. Um, for people who are able it, able to take hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin, depending on their other meds, their other conditions, but the vast majority of people can take one of those medications. You know, you will get through this without a problem. But our governments, um, especially yours, don't want that to happen, and. Uh, and why is that? What advantage does um, trying to keep this uh, fake emergency going, now it's two and a half years, what advantage does that provide to the government or to industry? Um, who's running the show? You know, who, who gives Justin Trudeau his orders? Yes, that's 100% uh, the concern here is that it's it's really coming from, he's just a puppet of the WEF and the people that are also controlling Biden, it seems. You know, you can go back to some videos that have come out of Biden and uh, my goodness, uh, I mean, definitely you'd call him a racist by today's standards. Um, you know, for the things that he said, he was also very pro-life. He was completely against abortion. Uh, he, he would not, um, in his younger days, I don't think been supportive of the, you know, the open borders that we have today and certainly not of, uh, forcing and coercing thousands and thousands of people to take, um, a vaccine. And so, you know, that I don't know if he was chosen simply because he would be so easily stick handled, but it is becoming, I, I guess, somewhat of an embarrassment, uh, to them at this time. But to go back to the vaccines, um, we, we are seeing that, uh, natural immunity is definitely beginning to be talked about in Canada. They, they, came out with this hatred towards the unvaccinated, but really isn't the science showing that if you've had uh, COVID, you probably have a much higher immunity to it or any of its variants. Right. 
certainly it doesn't seem to go away as quickly as what limited immunity you're getting from the vaccine. So you're in better shape if you've had it, um, but you're still at risk of, of getting it again, as I said, um, probably a milder case, but everybody's different. And that's why you want access to, to drugs too. You want to, you know, make sure your vitamin D level is high. It, you know, ideally they it said between 50 and 100 for a vitamin D level. And that will help. Um, there, what can I say? You know, this this disease has now wrecked our nations for two and a half years, and um, the powers that be don't want to let it go. They they want to keep um, scaring everyone, and some people are still very frightened, and others aren't, and a lot of people are are angry about what's happened. But the deaths from COVID are quite low, the actual deaths. We're still in the United, each country counts their deaths and their cases differently. In the United States, the CDC has been um, trying to, you know, gin up the number of cases, the number of deaths, so that it, um, for a long time, they would count anybody who went into a hospital for any cause, broken bone, you know, car accident, um, and then everybody has to be tested repeatedly in the hospital. And if you had a positive test, they called you a COVID case. And that was your primary diagnosis. So then you were counted as COVID, um, even if you had no symptoms. And um, deaths also, if you had, you were required to write COVID on the death certificate, no matter what actually killed the person. And then CDC would call that a COVID death, even again, if you died of cancer or heart attack or something else. So it's, it's difficult using the CDC numbers to know what's going on. But when you look at all-cause mortality, you get a better, and, and sort of compare that to COVID deaths, you can get a much better feel for what's happening. And now more recently, we've had insurance company data from at least four ins different insurance companies showing that all-cause mortality is up, particularly in the younger age groups, in the 18 to 65, people who are still working um, have been dying and their family applying for their death benefits from insurance 40% more in 2021 than was the baseline. So the, the evidence is leaking out. One of the problems with identifying the, the deaths due to nation, so this, this, this is, and these are COVID deaths. So this 40% increase is a variety of causes, but not COVID. And it seems that the spike protein is causing damage to the blood vessels. And blood vessels, of course, are everywhere. So they can cause a stroke, a heart attack, a blood clot in your lungs, you know, I, blood clots in your arms or legs. So there are many different um, potential um, causes of death that might conceivably result from vaccination. And in uh, limited autopsy studies from Germany, we're seeing also that um, uh, there is in, in vaccinated individuals, there is damage to blood vessels. The spike protein is stained using special stains and shows up in the blood vessels where there has been damage, maybe a, an important rupture, such as a rupture of the aorta. Um, or pulmonary embolism. So the information is, is leaking out. Multiple countries are now showing that the vaccinated 
are dying at higher rates than the unvaccinated. And it appears, again, it's, it's sort of early days with the data, but it appears that the more doses of vaccine you get, the higher your risk of, of all-cause mortality, of dying from something, which may well be a blood vessel induced death. Wow. And, uh, you, you know, what you're saying is uh, so true. In Canada, we've had 17 doctors that have passed away in the last few months. Um, we have actually miscarriages, I'm sure uh, you would know as well. Uh, there's, um, I had a statistic this morning about the UK and the miscarriages that are being reported. And I'm trying to get verification on 13 miscarriages in one hospital in our uh, Canadian city of Hoover area. Um, and they, you know, they did kind of call me back, but they won't, they won't confirm on the phone if that is simply untrue. And so getting the real data is very, very difficult. But do you yeah. think that this is related back that these sudden adult um, death syndrome um, cases that are coming on in fact, in Alberta, I don't know if you heard about this, but um, we have a little video that we're going to put on at the end of the show here. But in Alberta, the um, the the death, the reason for death being unknown is now the highest category of deaths in our province of Alberta. What do you think? Is this really what we're afraid it is? Well, yeah, I mean, I, of course, I suspect that it is. I suspect that this large spike in deaths, um, which some people are calling sudden adult death syndrome, SADS, um, is likely to be due to the vaccine. Now, I can't prove that. Um, we should be having autopsies. It's, it's remarkable. It's inexcusable that a province has so many deaths in the unknown cause category, and they're not doing autopsies to find out what the cause is. It doesn't make any sense. I agree. There you should know, be an outcry. Every family should, there should be an outcry for autopsies on their loved ones to see why did this happen so that we have data and, and so that we can prevent further harm. Right, exactly. And, and the, the government agents be demanding this, but instead, at the beginning of the pandemic in the U.S., the agencies forbid doctors to do autopsies on people who had died, saying that they could spread COVID if the patient had COVID. So um, we didn't get autopsies on people who died shortly after vaccination at the beginning of, of the vaccine rollout for that reason. Um, but now, you know, the thing is very, very few people are just walking down the street and drop dead or, you know, have no uh, pre-existing uh, symptoms. I mean, with a heart attack, almost always you have pain. Yes, you can have a sudden death, but it's relatively rare. It's, it's an arrhythmic death where you have, even then you usually have symptoms for up to a minute or two. Um, but these young people who are just dying on the playing field or walking on the street is just at, at the rate it appears to be happening. The, you know, how often we're hearing about it, it's something, you know, in 42 years practicing medicine, I have not seen before, uh, nor have I heard of it. And I worked in plenty of emergency rooms. And I, so I saw 
everything that came in for, for many years. You know, I was an ER doctor for at least a dozen years and um, uh, didn't see anything quite like this. Of course, you know, if someone's already cold dead, they don't come to the ER, they go to the morgue. But still, as I said, um, it was rare for people to just drop dead. And um, when, especially when they're young, and we're seeing this now even in teenagers. And, and this, is, this is crazy. It makes no sense. Um, one of the problems with autopsies is that uh, in the US, nobody wants to pay for them. So once you're dead, your health insurance is over. They will not, your health insurance will not pay for an autopsy. And it costs several thousand dollars. And it could, you know, depending how many tests are done, it could cost more. And so the pathologists themselves don't want to perform an autopsy because they're likely never to get paid for it. Um, if the state orders it, the state will pay for it, but the state medical examiners don't want to order it because they've got too many already. They don't, they only have a budget. There's too many kids dying of drug overdoses and they're autopsying them. And so they don't have any money for these other cases. And, um, and that's a big problem. You know, in the United States with our healthcare system, if somebody says, I'll pay cash for something, the system doesn't want your cash. The system doesn't have a way to take cash. If it's, if, if you usually pay for your healthcare with insurance, you can't pay with cash. If you have Medicaid, Medicaid will not allow you to pay with cash. And, and so often, you know, families say, we'll pay, we'll pay. It still won't happen. Well, it's a very good point. And uh, later this week, we're going to have um, Mr. Uh, John, I believe it is, O'Looney. And he's coming on from the UK with some breaking news uh, about some of the results they're finding. And he already has been breaking and Dr. Burkhardt as well, um, you know, talking about the autopsies that they have done. But, you know, it would be good if um, the, the government would actually be proactive in saying, you know, we're having these sudden uh, these sudden deaths and or inexplicable or untimely deaths now of people who have been vaccinated and to, to really begin to find out what's in there. That would be very, very important. Um, what are, what are and anything new on the horizon that you're seeing? Um, like Pfizer is seeking the U.S. Uh, authorization for COVID-19 boosters um, against the latest Omicron variants. And some doctors are saying, like, why? Um, you know, why would you be trying? Because Omicron, as you're saying, is, uh, is you know, people are not in the hospital the same way. And so now they're still pursuing this, this vaccine agenda. Do you see any benefit in getting that sort of vaccine? Well, so the Omicron variant Almost everybody in the U.S. has already had it. It had a huge wave in December and January. The population got it then. And we've just had another, you know, more mini wave go through. And so how many people, Omicron was really different from the prior variants. It, it had 50 mutations and so approximately. So um there wasn't that much immunity from the other variants, but now we're still in the Omicron, Omicron phase and uh, you've got considerably 
more immunity for this variant already if you've had it. And lots of people have had it asymptomatically too. Uh, so they don't need it. Now they're putting three different antigens into this new uh, vaccine. They're putting the B1 and then they're putting B4, BA4 and 5. And we don't know how much messenger RNA there will be. We don't know if they're going to if it's going to be three times the initial amount, twice the same. Um, that hasn't been said. There's also there's an and and these vaccines have not been tested. So Pfizer has just asked for an IND, which is an approval to start clinical trials with these vaccines. But Pfizer, it has been reported, also asked FDA if they can grandfather them in. This is what happens with flu shots. Um, the flu shot is not tested; is not fully tested every year. There's almost no there's almost no testing in humans of the flu. It's reformulated with ants that are felt to, to be the most likely ones to be present. And in the US, we have four different antigens in the, in the influenza injections yearly. And what FDA had said they might do, but then they never put it through their advisory committee, um, was that they might just start to grandfather in vaccines without clinical trials saying, we've already got these other messenger RNA vaccines. These are almost the same and we're gonna call it good. Um, so Pfizer is asking them to do that. The advisory committee has not signed off on it, but it doesn't have to. The FDA has the right to, to make these decisions without the advisors if it wants to. Um, this is big hot potato. Um, very scary if these vaccines with these new antigens uh, are given to people without any clinical trials. Um, I would not advise people to take them on that basis. We know how bad the earlier clinical trials were. We need good clinical trials before you stick your arm out to get something that you have no idea what it's going to do. Um, so that's my advice. Wait. The flu, you know, the flu is not that bad for. 99% of the population. Yes, and you know, uh, even uh, Peter McCullough, Dr. Peter McCullough was saying that he will no longer take a flu shot either. He, you know, I don't know if it's just more evidence or whatever, but who has trust any longer? I think one of the saddest parts of this is the complete loss of trust in our medical establishment. I. I never, ever had a thought, oh, if I'm sick, I don't want to end up in the hospital. I thought, well, that's where you go. It wasn't a thought of, I can't trust the people right in the hospital. But Zev Zelenko, uh, literally, you know, months before he died, said he had utterly and completely lost. The, any trust he had had been destroyed. And uh, that is very sad because there are people like yourself, Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Paul Alexander, people, Dr. Artis, who tell the truth and are good doctors. But of course, um, then you end up getting silenced. Well, I have to agree with you. I mean, the events of the last two and a half years um, can't be explained um, in any normal way. You know, the, do the officials did not act in a way that was logical or, or beneficial for patients. And um, and blocked um, appropriate information and treatments. And so you want, wonder what's coming next. What kind of flu shot will they come up with? What, 
what will this new Omicron, you know, three antigen uh, shot do? Why does it have to contain the original vaccine antigen as well as these two new ones when that um, particular strain of, of uh, COVID has, has been gone for two years from the United States and the rest of the world? So we don't know why this has happened to us, but there's clearly a plan in place that has not been expressed to the public. I, I too would am frightened to go into the hospital and um, it's, a, it's, a dire, it's a dire state of affairs. It's, it's very, it's too frightening for most people to even think about. Yes. It's too and frightening to consider. Oh, it's horrible. And you know, when, when, uh, you know, prestigious doctors such as yourself feel that way, imagine how we all feel. We don't have your experience. At least you might be able to do some diagnosis of yourself. You might be able to know the tests that you need to run, what, you know, what you should be doing. Um, and we wouldn't, we would be at the hands and the mercy of, honestly, it does feel like psychopaths or people extremely lacking in courage. Um, a lot of our doctors um, have taken fake fax passes in uh, Canada and it's all come out. Uh, and I, I bet that that is widespread. I bet a lot of people have in the United States as well as many more other industries in Canada because none can find them. Um, so I think maybe that's why they're moving, you know, to this digital ID. But um, it, it does certainly leave you feeling very vulnerable on this planet. Um, some other things that you're finding in some of the, do you think that, uh, you know, a lot's going on. Dr. Fauci just recently said that he would be resigning and Rand Paul is basically putting him on notice that that will not stop them investigating. Do you as a doctor feel they should be investigating Dr. Fauci for the gain of function research that he authorized to do, even though he, he denies that it's gain of function. I mean, he has all kinds of word salad to try to get out of that. <laughs> yes, um, he, he is good at, at fluffing his, with his words. Um, absolutely, he needs to be investigated. Absolutely. You know, what, why has the NIH and NIAID been funding coronavirus research even before SARS-1. I mean, they've been funding this for over 20 years. They're funding gain-of-function research in other microorganisms too. Um, the military has helped fund Fauci, um, helped pay his salary. He was given responsibility for some biological defense. Um, that, there are many euphemisms. <clears throat> When I was younger, uh, we called this germ warfare, and then it was called biological warfare, and then it was called biological defense. And then to confuse people even more, it was called gain of function. But um, people have been making more virulent microorganisms than exist in nature for a long time. And um, Although there is an international treaty that bans this for the purposes of offensive use, it does not ban it if you say the purpose is defensive, and usually that means vaccine research. Oh, we had to make this more virulent organism so we could figure out how to make a vaccine against it. And um, so we have this international treaty with no teeth. And after it was um, put into force in 1975, 
um, the nations of the world were supposed to get together with at review conferences and give it teeth and um, cause it to have inspections, cause it to have punishments if you if, if you were inspected and found to um, be transgressing the um, treaty. But those provisions were never added. And the United States has been a prime mover in preventing those provisions from being added. Um, I didn't quite understand why that was, but, but now I do. I think the United States felt there, or someone, maybe the Defense Department, felt there that um, gain of function provided it a military niche it did not otherwise have and uh, wish to continue it. it. Even when there was a ban on gain of function research sponsored by NIH, sponsored by the federal government, that ban lasted from 2014 to 2017. During the ban, um, Ralph Barrick, who is the prime primary SARS COVID researcher, coronavirus researcher in the United States who has done gain of function work, published a paper in the middle of the ban and said he had been given a waiver to continue the research despite the ban. And it came out later in the Fauci emails that there was no such waiver, that his research had never been put through the committee that was supposed to evaluate and give out the waivers. So the, the systems we had in place to oversee this kinds of very dangerous research were absolutely non-functional. And that, that of course, is um, Dr. Fauci's fault. He set them up that way. He, he, he set up other um, agency committees that were essentially non-functional. And, um, you know, we need such a thorough evaluation of of our systems, can we even put into place a system that works, that prevents this kind of research, this kind of development, this kind of production of basically biological warfare agents? Can this be stopped around the world? I mean, the United States needs to be the prime mover in this, and instead we've been the prime impediment. So the, the people, people need to demand it. If the people don't demand it, it's not going to happen. Well, it's really yeah. scary, and I hope that that's what uh, Senator Rand Paul was doing, pulled something up while you were talking about it. But, um, you know, uh, Senator Rand Paul and Senator Ron Johnson expressed no surprise at Fauci's Monday announcement that he would retire in December and argued he was making the intentional decision to leave after the November midterm elections in which Republicans hope to win control of Congress. And so that is going to be interesting. But, you know, basically this guy is just a, a real piece of work you know I, I mean he is just something else I guess that I guess there's gonna be a lot of people um, following right behind him <clears throat> if Anthony Fauci has probably made a lot of money he's he's uh, and apparently he is retiring with one of the largest uh, pensions of all time and that should go to people like yourself that should go to people who are actually speaking the truth and saving lives not the guy who killed uh, thousands of people during the AIDS crisis, not the guy who lies. He can't even be honest and admit that it's gain of function when, when uh, Rand Paul um, questions him. So this is indeed going to be very, very interesting. But um, my thoughts are that 
we've got a really, I mean, in all of your years, I'll, I'll ask you this as, as we end, and please tell us anything that you want us to know, but in all of your years of um, seeing what was going on in the world, did you think we'd get to this place where you can't trust a single word that anybody's saying on mainstream, in politics, in the medical field? It's all lies, and it's so disturbing. You know, I, of course, I never thought, I never dreamed we'd get to this. But when you again look back, you see that our media have lied to us about many things, just not everything, forever. Um, you know, uh, Lee Harvey Oswald was a lone nut. You know, the guy who killed Martin Luther King was a lone nut. The guy who killed Robert F. Kennedy was a lone nut. Um, the guy who shot Reagan was a lone nut. You know, and they weren't. There have been many books about this. They were put up to it. You know, they were had ties to the FBI and CIA and other organizations that, you know, we have made war in so many countries and Americans have no idea what's going on with that. Um, there, you know, it's it's been forever, you know, through my lifetime. Uh, I, I remember being astonished that the United States had invaded the Dominican Republic, you know, in 1965. I'd never heard about that. Um, or, you know, that we had sponsored coups in, in most of the countries of Latin America and many other countries, that we had assassinated many world leaders. Um, you know, these things we never heard about. So you can sort of see that the methods for gaining control of, of the public's um, uh, opinions had been developed over many decades. And this is given the computer age, given the amount of surveillance that's possible, this is really the culmination of our technology and the um, development of techniques to, to control people, you know, mentally and emotionally, you know, how to induce fear, how to induce dependence, anxiety, etc. Um, so now it's all been turned on us at once, instead of just a little bit here and there. And, and we have to kind of pull ourselves up by the bootstraps and figure out what is going on and how do we turn this around? And the good news is there's 8 billion of us and there's probably, you know, a few thousand of them and we can do it. It's, it's going to be not that hard because the people on the other end are psychopathic and they're gonna be fighting each other. They don't know what they want, except money and power and control, um, but they haven't really thought this through. It's not gonna be a good world for their kids either and their grandchildren if, it, if we get the world that they're trying to bring us toward. Um, so I think the first step is facing how bad it is, what's going on, what has been taken from us, and then demanding it back and saying, no, I am not gonna comply with anything. I'm not complying with your vaccines. I'm not complying with your whatever else it is. And I'm gonna live my life and my friends are gonna live my life and we don't need you guys. And we don't need you guys. And I, I really like that. And you know, the government thinks they own us from the time that we're born now. They have this sort of thing that, and they, they get to calculate how much you know, energy we're spending and tracking and tracing us and all of that. And uh, you're so absolutely right. Like figuring out what 
the reality of, is of this situation will help us to know, you know, what then to do next. Um, some people, you know, have been saying some things online like, well, we're not going to get nuclear war because nuclear war could kill the, the elites, the, the cultish elites. You know, they they won't let anything happen that would absolutely be a total catastrophe to like blowing up everybody. They just kind of want to cull the um the, the population in a slow and peaceful way, as Dennis Meadows says from the Club of Rome, you know, that we need to bring this seven billion yes. uh, person planet down to one billion, right? In in a peaceful way. And we can just share, all share in the pain of all of it. It won't be easy, but we need to do it. <laughs> so I always say your family first, pal. But um, you're just such a delight. And, and I thank you very much for the work that you're doing, for the honesty that you bring. And I appreciate the, uh, the advice. And please keep up the good work. Um, and let's do this again. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, Laura. Thank you, Dr. Enjoy. I'm in the warm. All right. <laughs> okay, thank you. I'll try to do that. <laughs> All right, take care. Bye. Thank you. I do, I do hope to enjoy it. I, I can't say that I feel the same way on a vacation that uh, I felt years ago. First of all, years ago when I'd go on a vacation, right, JT? Remember when we used to go to Hawaii and we wouldn't do anything except lay on the beach, eat sandwiches, laugh. Yeah, iced tea, lemonade. We would love that, right? And we had not a care in the world and we'd look around at in Hawaii and think, oh my gosh, this is like God's country. Well, now, of course, you can't get to Hawaii really very easily because, you know, it's a Democrat state and they've turned the place into a Nazi zone, if you ask me. But um, still, people are making their way over there. And I think that you can get there without a vaccine now. Um, but I don't even know. The rules keep changing, everybody. I know I, I from one day to the next, I never quite know, you know, where you can or can't get. But I wanted to show you a video. Um, you know that five-minute one, Aaron, that you said, that's a long video, Mom. Oh, but it is so funny and so good. So you guys are going to really enjoy, enjoy this. Um, let me just see if I can uh, pull it up here. Do you have that number? Just roll it, Aaron, if you've got it. Just do it. <laughs> Good evening. People are dropping like flies from a mysterious killer called Unknown Cause of Death. So tonight we're bringing you a special report on this Unknown Cause of Death killer so we can steer your thinking in the right direction. I like it when a good plan comes together. Unknown Cause of Death has even become the leading cause of death in Alberta, Canada, which is ruled over by Justin Trudeau. So just use your imagination on that correlation. In Alberta, Unknown cause of death is causing even more deaths than heart disease, strokes, and diabetes combined. For a little more perspective, let's throw it over to a guy with an accent from our sister station in the UK. The leading cause of death in Alberta is now, go on, take a guess, take a wild guess, cancer, heart disease, no. The leading cause of death is cause unknown known causes was the leading cause of death in Alberta last year. That category leads the way over dementia, which has been in the top spot since 2016. You better hope you don't contract unknown cause of death because there's a lot of people dying from it. Let's hear more. A couple of years ago, unknown cause of death was unknown. There were just a mere 500 or so. Uh, if you ever look at this uh, graphic of unknown causes, look at that. 2019, there were just uh, 500 uh, unknown causes of death. 
Uh, now it's 3,362. The leading cause of death is unknown. You're likely, you're more likely to die from an unknown cause in a first world society than anything else. There's a lot of unknown cause going around. What are the early symptoms? The warning signs of unknown cause. Beats me, nobody knows. That's why they call it unknown cause. What's causing all this unknown cause of death? Is it climate change? Transphobia? Or could it be? No, it couldn't. We'll take it from here, buddy. As you saw in the video clip, compared to the number of deaths from unknown causes back in 2019 before the world changed, and thank you for all the improvements, New World Order, there's now seven times more unknown cause of death deaths. And it would astonish you to find out how much we're not looking into what's causing the drastic rise of unknown cause of death. And we don't need to, because when we look at dead people, we can see that what caused their death was an unknown cause. That pretty much gets to the bottom of it, right? The deaths are caused by cause unknown. And the Thought Police want you to know that any further questioning will lower your social credit score. And when looking at the numbers from Alberta, we can see there are 49% more deaths caused by unknown cause of death than there are deaths caused by COVID. And given that COVID has given our leaders very good reason to keep us in a never-ending pandemic, you might be wondering, Will they declare a pandemic emergency for this even deadlier killer? The answer is no. While this one is killing more people, it isn't really something to worry about. Trust us, we're telling you everything you need to know. We might as well just sweep this one under the rug because we wouldn't want to unnecessarily scare you. We wouldn't do a thing like that. And please don't look into this on your own. This just in, the CEO of Pfizer, who is quadruple boosted, has contracted COVID. I wonder how we got it. Back to the news. How can you protect yourself from this very deadly and specific killer called unknown cause of death? We'll tell you that in a moment, but first, Let's take a look at some heartwarming news of athletes collapsing and dying on the field from heart issues. One America News Network, who are conspiracy theorists and we're getting them shut down, reported that from March 2021 to March 2022, 769 athletes collapsed on the playing field from cardiac issues. The average age of those athletes is 23. Kinda young for heart issues. Until now. It's just kind of the new normal at this stage. Let's take a closer look at how normal this is. As you can see, 500% more soccer players in Europe are dropping dead from heart attacks compared to one year ago. Why are all these young athletes dying from heart issues? Well, here's UK football legend Matt Letizier with some perspective. The, the last year, it's just been unbelievable how many people, not just footballers, sports people in general, you know, about tennis players, about uh, cricketers, basketball players, just how many are just keeling over. Um, and at some point, surely you have to say, this isn't right, this needs to be investigated. Don't worry, Matt, we're on it. And we have all the answers as to why these young athletes are dying from heart issues. We've looked into what we want you to think and it turns out that both being young and exercising are now bad for your heart. Isn't he wonderful? I like JP. He's very funny, but yeah, is what's happening. But sometimes because 
nobody's covering it in mainstream. You have to try to find a way to get the message out, to get more people listening, to inform the world. My deepest sadness is all of the Canadians that remained unawakened in spite of the fact that we've had 17 doctors that have died and we have the pictures, we have the data on that. And yet Canadians do not seem willing to look at what is really, really going on. Um, before we get to the farming thing, a uh, couple more things. A uh, Florida surgeon says that if we could put on on uh, number two, uh, basically says that Dr. Fauci is a creepy guy who is more of a politician than a doctor. And is that really what this has become about? Well, he's a terrible doctor and he's a terrible politician as well. Take a look. Well, you know, I think Dr. Fauci is a creepy guy, to be totally <laughs> honest. He gives me the creeps. You know, I think that he's you know he he's he is enigmatic of a of a physician who is really more of a politician and more about you know sort of agendas than about health i mean that's been very obvious with how he handled the pandemic not a single word right you have a condition where obesity is a major risk factor did he ever say hey americans by the way you know, lose weight if you're overweight, get some exercise. I didn't hear that out of his mouth. He did once say vitamin D, though. He, he did say vitamin D is important. He did say that once, and he said that once. Right? <laughs> Never again. Once. Right. Yeah. Right. That is, that is the creepiest thing to me about a lot of this, uh, is that during the pandemic, people had, had pointed out quite extensively vitamin D, you know, getting sunlight, getting exercise, getting fresh air, and these things were really important. But this was never the official guidance. It was never the, the narrative. In fact, it was quite the opposite. Hmm. So that is the Florida Surgeon General uh, talking about Dr. Anthony Fauci. And I think that he, his views are shared by many, many, many people on what is going on. Um, so let's talk about what uh, the Trudeau liberals are up to now. This is number 134. We've got all kinds of problems. Uh, they're, they're basically, they want to affect farming. They want to, you know, what Newfoundland was a, a, a today and we kind of went live as they did a little protest there because Trudeau is in Newfoundland today. And um, my husband says I put too much emphasis on Newfoundland, Newfoundland, Newfoundland. Newfoundland, and I'm not saying it right, and that's so not okay. So, um, so what are the Trudeau Liberals up to now? So I have a serious question. These two food inspector agents just went over to my neighbor's gardens with a fine tooth comb. They went over it with a fine tooth comb. They are an elderly Italian couple, have owned the home for 50 years, and every year they plant a big garden in the backyard, which they proudly share with neighbors. Anyone else see a government of Canada SUV taking water samples from their dugouts. They said they were checking for pesticides. <laughs> oh my gosh, I bet, or, or you know what, JT, maybe what they're actually trying to do is get, um, they want uh, samples from the water, like to see how much COVID's in the water, because you know, they've been, they've been, those, and uh, that, and this is like a, a, a sewer, what there, it's a dugout, what's a dugout, right, it's for the cows out there, <laughs> and we know they don't care about the cows, they want those cows slaughtered, they want less cows, 
you know, doing their business out on the thing. So we'll take a look at what's going on in the United States of America. Very alarming. We all all heard the stories about, you know, food supply chains uh, being messed with. Well, look what they're doing in uh, the United States. Federal agents pick their next target the Amish. Take a look. Number 26. Apparently someone in the Department of Let's Wreck America as quickly as we can in the Biden administration has decided we've got too much food in this country and the good food is the worst food. Food without endocrine disrupting chemicals must be eliminated immediately. Only wheat thins for you and some bugs. So with that in mind, agents from the Biden administration armed have decided to attack the Amish. Amos Miller, an independent farmer in the old Amish village of Burdenhand, Pennsylvania, found out the hard way. The feds say Amos isn't adhering to regulatory requirements for food production. Again, not enough endocrine disrupting chemicals. You're not using enough GMOs. So with that in mind, federal agents raided his farm. They're demanding he stop farming. They're also trying to cripple him with $300,000 in fines. An Amish farmer. And Amos Willer says he's farming in accordance with his religious beliefs, and he's providing food for 4,000 people in what he calls a private food club. It's really a shocking story. So that's the Amish that they're going after. And I have to admit that I wouldn't want to be the Amish. I wouldn't want to dress like them necessarily. But I do have high respect for them because uh, my husband and I, you know, we went over to um, we went over to Amish land, which was in Ohio, in Ohio, Berlin, Berlin, Berlin. Berlin in Ohio and uh, the Amish were all there and they make the most incredible things like furniture, the food places that we would go into. So here's the government getting all upset because they're not conforming. Well, they've got the right idea. They don't need to conform because guess what? This is God's country. This whole thing, this all of this behind me, that's God's country. That does not belong to mankind really. I mean, man watches over it, but God you know, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. That's what the, the word of God actually says. And so what do they call us? They call us conspiracy theories, you know, until all of a sudden we're truth tellers because what we have said might happen, happens. Take a look at uh, Dr. Harvey uh, Risch and what he says about conspiracy theorists, number 25. Well, you know... The, the standard answer is if you don't like what somebody's saying, you call them a conspiracy theorist. But you, what I would call it is we're conspiracy observers. That Event 201, for example, had hundreds of people in a room conspiring about how to take over the world on the basis of an infectious pandemic. That's a conspiracy because of all the people involved in it. So, you know, you can call them theorists, but we're observers. We observe these conspiracies. It's all part of the isn't that, isn't that so true? <laughs> I'm so sad. Look at this. Oh, this Bible has been everywhere with me. And now one of my favorite pages, it's where it talks about the widow's oil in Second Kings 4. And that page has literally broken off. So I have to get tape. We have to get tape and fix that all up. Not gaffer tape. Oh my gosh, men, right? Man, it'll look cool. <laughs> it will not be cool. My husband is so funny. Like, he makes me laugh every day. So, honest to goodness, whenever my husband tells me about he's had a dream, guess what? He dreams nonstop about movie stars, famous people. Seriously, I have to laugh. And it happened again. Who was it the other day? Telly Savalas. Telly Savalas. <laughs> 
<laughs> was in his dream. He's had the Kojak. Uh, Kojak, right? He's had the craziest dreams, and it's always about like he's meeting a famous person. He might be like a a a, a roadie. Would it be like in their band, or you're kind of just there? You're hanging out with people. He gives, yeah, he gives some advice. <laughs> so he'll meet someone famous. And he's like, listen, I just want to let you know that how, how you need to see this. And, you know, this is how you need to put it. This is what you need to say and all of that. Oh, my gosh. Just so funny. Hey, my website is laurelin.tv. Uh, I'm showing you where I am today. You might not want to help me to do my work because you're like, oh, she's just vacationing. So we're not going to support her. Uh, I'm asking you and begging you to resist that temptation. I'm showing you what you should be doing. I'm showing you that we have to still have fun. And guess what? I'm going back home to Canada. Um, I will be there September 7th in Edmonton for our very first kickoff of the tour. Salim Mansour, myself, Mark Friesen, Sean Taylor, we're all going to be there. And I also wanted to say just one word to uh, Christopher James. Um, I saw he did a video and I had reached out to you and I said, you know, like, let's connect. And then I guess you've reached back. And you know what? I missed I missed that email. I miss a lot of emails. Sometimes I have so many. So I missed it, Christopher. Uh, but then you went on to say, don't trust any of those people, including me and all of that. Oh, I'm just a, a PC, one of those PC political people. I don't, I don't even know what you mean, but you know what? Um, I don't mean you any harm. And uh, we are all in this together. We want to find the right fight. I think that you want to fight hard and I think you see a crisis. I believe you're right about that, sir. We have a tremendous crisis in our country. So don't fight me. I don't want to fight you. Let's not call each other all down. And I know there's been some things said that, you know, uh, that, that we, we all have to be careful, uh, you know, what we're saying. And I know Mark Friesen had some harsh words, but then he did reach out. And I think that um, he and Marcus Ray were going to talk on one of his shows. And we just want everyone to get along. Um, what we were, my husband and I were watching The Chosen the other night, and all the disciples were fighting. And it's such an epic. Have you seen the series The Chosen? It's about Jesus. It's only two seasons now, right? Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. It was epic. The second season ends with him basically delivering the Sermon on the Mount, but it went into how he crafted it all, right? So he was kind of with Matthew and they were going through, like you never think about how Jesus had to craft the Sermon on the Mount, make sure that he said it well and come up with all the points, you know? They, so it, it's just, oh, it makes Jesus so real. I absolutely love it. But one of the things is that all the disciples were always fighting, nattering at each other, you know, and of course, uh, you know, ultimately you've got this Judas character who just showed up in the last one, right? Judas is going to betray Jesus. And, um, but it's about treating one another with respect, kindness, love. And, uh, hey, Aaron, see if you can play with that. Take that red off my face. See what you can do. Just like, like, just play with it a little. It'd be fun. Um, so I don't want to fight with Christopher James at all. I didn't, I did not like the way that you spoke about me. I didn't like that. I just missed your email. I did not get back to you. I'm sorry about that. I'm going to, uh, I'd, I'd still like to talk to you, but, um, we have, we have to be careful 
a, a kingdom divided against itself will fall. We're on the same side. Part of the freedom movement has been splintered because of these fights. People, you know, so-and-so is not talking to so-and-so. I'm not even bringing up their name because it's just, you know, it gets so ugly. And, and sometimes there's reason because some of the people are not, they're not, you know, some of y'all aren't very kind. Some of y'all attack people publicly. Well, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to do that. And the only time that I would ever bring anything seriously forward when I've got an issue is because I want it to be dealt with. That's it, you know. So I'm coming to you from Florida. I'm leaving very, very soon. I want to show you this water. It's just quite glorious. Do you want me to lift it up just a bit? Because it's kind of like this fence has been blocking. Yeah, just hold that for a second, sweetie. Thanks. Um, I'll just show you a little bit behind me. It's quite a... Oh, should I? Yeah, Marilago is just kind of like right down there. See? Yes, you got all these boats. So, so way down there, past the trees where you can't see, right straight down there is... Uh, Mar-a-Lago and um, isn't it just gorgeous so there's a little beach area right here and you can go swimming and it's really nice the water uh, I love warm water the water is warm like a bath and I really love it so my encouragement to you today is to find your own fun make sure you do it um, I long for the day when I have a vacation where maybe I'm not doing all this research on all this stuff that just brings such sadness to my life. Uh, maybe I'll be actually having a real vacation where it's a real vacation, <laughs> but I don't see it in the cards in the near future and that's okay. Um, then we're gonna be, after our 20 day tour through Alberta and British Columbia, I'm gonna be heading home to where I have not seen my puppies for months, literally. We left for the trucker's convoy to go to Ottawa, and that was um, the end of January, I think. Then I was gone for five full weeks, got back home, stayed a couple days, and I said I was so glad to see my husband. I'd been away for five weeks. Then I said, hey, let's head out. Let's go, to, um, let's go follow the U.S. convoy, which had been inspired. And then one thing led to another. So my website, again, is uh, lauralyn.tv. And you can email us at laurelynlive at protonmail.com. Can you put that website up one more time there, Erin? Uh, laurelynn.tv. And also, uh, we have a post office box. Um, we have a post office box that is uh, that has a full address, and you can write us there. And that's on at the end of the show. You can always scroll forward. And you will see where we are. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's good. Thank you very much. And we appreciate all of your support, your kindness, your love, your prayers. I have a lot of people praying for me. And I'm always so taken back by that. They're like, they write and they say, we're praying for you. We thank you for your fight. We know that it's not easy and, you know, that you take on a lot. And I really appreciate it because um, I didn't expect that. So it makes me feel absolutely fantastic. And uh, it... It makes me feel like you you really care. So no promotion here. I'm just going to take a sip. Mm. So yesterday when we ended the show, can I just share just a quick word with you before I go? And um, out of Jeremiah. And Jeremiah's complaint 
Um, I want to say one final thing too. Yesterday I read from Jeremiah and then I also talked about Trump a little bit yesterday and some people got really, um, you know, they got offended that uh, the, um, they got offended that uh, the, you know, that I support Trump and all of that. Listen, there's never been a more pro-life president. There's never been a president who had more support for the, more support for the uh, black community, more support for those that were down under. Um, and there's never been somebody who they came against so badly. So do I think that Trump's perfect? No, I absolutely do not. But I do believe, as do many, that he was brought here by God. Who could be tough enough to literally withdraw from the WHO? Okay, he literally did that. He brought up Jesus and God. The other night when I saw him, there was a man who prayed over him. It was so powerful. And in fact, the other night when I saw him, he actually mentioned the name of Jesus. He is, he is a man who has been broken by the political authorities and yet it seems like all those bad guys they're still winning so you tell me who you think's tough enough to keep on going and please you know what pray for melania my lord think about someone going through all your private things in your home your private clothing so offensive so very violating. May God deal with all of you ever so severely for what you have done. So Jeremiah in Jeremiah 12 had a complaint and his complaint was this. Oh, let me just get my trusty little glasses on. You are always righteous, Lord. When I bring a case before you, yet I would speak with you about your justice. So he says, you're really righteous, God. It's a given, but I just want to talk to you about your justice because it's not working for me is what he's about to say. It's not working at all. He says, why does the way of the wicked prosper? Why do all the faithless live at ease? I have that same question. You have planted them and they have taken root. They grow and they bear fruit. All these bad people, they're getting away with everything and, and their works bear fruit. It's not fair, God. You are always on their lips, but far from their hearts. Oh, I think about that when Nancy Pelosi is talking about, you know, what a godly person she is. Once in a while, do you remember when she, she quoted Ecclesiastes? Oh, she always tries to throw in something spiritual somewhere. And I, I, I mean, the woman would be happy if, you know, abortions were happening after the child was born. I mean, she is something else. So they talk about God, but, but you are truly far from their hearts. Yet you know me, Lord. You see me and test my thoughts about you. Drag them off like sheep to be butchered. Set them apart for the day of slaughter. Jeremiah saying, deal with them shut them down turn them into nothing put them in jail drag them off let them be let them even be taken to eternal you know damnation for all that they've done how long would the land lie parched and the grass in every field be withered because those who live in it are wicked the animals and birds have perished moreover the people are saying he will not see what happens to us god will not see what does god say god says this 
If you have raced with men on foot and they have worn you out, how can you compete with horses? He says, Jeremiah, if you stumble in a safe country, how will you manage in the thickets by the Jordan? God says, buck up. I'm with you. Stay strong. See you tomorrow. You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing. But for some of us, we feel that we have no choice. Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked and we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support. I found out that in order to speak the truth, you have to become very, very strong. If you would go to my website at www.lauralyn.tv, you'll find all of the ways that you can contact me. Remember, my friends, all is well. All is well. Thanks for joining me.